Hi, I'm Gary, and this is episode 111 of EV Musings, a podcast about renewables, electric vehicles, and things that are interesting to electric vehicle owners. On the show today, we'll be looking specifically at workplace charging. This season of the podcast is sponsored by ZapMap. Before we start, I wanted to put out a last call for people who you might want to hear on the season-ending roundtable episode. I have some interesting topics to discuss already. I just want you to give some thought about who you think will be the best people with whom to have that discussion. Drop me a line at evmusings at gmail.com. Thanks also to new patron Peter Flint-Murray. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for your support. Our main topic of discussion today is workplace charging. We've talked on earlier episodes about charging your car when you're doing something else. And for the most part, this will be overnight charging at home for those who have access to chargers either at home or on street. But there will be a large proportion of drivers who will take their car into a place of work every day and leave it there. This is an ideal place to install a set of 7 kilowatt chargers, which can be used to slow charge a car throughout the workday. According to statistics, two-thirds of UK commuters travel by car, averaging 9,100 miles per year on the commute alone. If this was averaged across a 48-week work year with four weeks holiday, that equates to an average of a little under 20 miles each way, specifically 38 miles for the return journey on a five-day work week. For an EV with an average efficiency of 3.5 miles per kilowatt hour, that would require a little under 11 kilowatt hours of energy to cover the commuting distance. On a 7 kilowatt charge, that could easily be recovered in a little under two hours if we account for charging losses. Even on early model cars that can't accept 7 kilowatt and are limited to 3.6 kilowatt by the onboard charger, the 38 mile distance would be recuperated in a little over four hours or so, well within the working day. Obviously, if you're an outlier and travel a much greater distance for your daily commute, the figures would be different. But the vast majority of new EVs on the road can take 6.6 kilowatts or higher on a normal single phase 32 amp 7.4 kilowatt charger. This will replenish pretty much all of them quite easily in a typical eight hour day at work. But that presupposes two things. One, you have on-site parking. And two, your company implements workplace charging. If you don't have on-site parking, i.e. you need to park either on the street or in a public parking spot, then you probably need to go back and listen to the episode on destination charging where I talk about how that works. But if you do have a parking place for your car on-site, then you're in luck. Installing workplace charging can be as easy as making the decision to do it and calling the right people. Often payment on things like this can be outsourced to a charge point operator such as New Motion, who will provide an RFID card to track usage and enable billing. Also, OZEV, the Office for Zero Emission Vehicles, will provide grants of up to £14,000 to enable the installation of workplace chargers. This is capped at 40 units per company and £350 per unit. More eligibility criteria are provided at the link in the show notes. The list of chargers which are covered under this scheme is quite extensive and includes such manufacturers as ABB, MyEnergy, Podpoint and Swarco, some of the big names in EV charging at the moment. Some of the larger charge point operators, such as Podpoint, ChargePoint, New Motion, soon to be Shell Recharge, and Raw Charging, will also come in and add workplace charging to your site. They offer different models, including outright ownership, leasing, and hosting, depending on the company in question. New Motion is the network that podcast co founder Simon Rowe uses for his workplace charging. Tuesday's charge was a regular, uh, I suppose, a regular journey that I do to my office and back. So that's a 70-mile round trip. I charged at work on a 7-kilowatt new motion charger. Uh, I, I leave my car basically plugged in for the day, so if it's cold or it's warm, I can preheat or cool uh, when I come out. No one else uses it, which is good. 
and um, that's approximately 10p a kilowatt as well so with the journey back home um, i'll probably be left with a 90 mile uh, range on the guessometer and that will put me in good stead for wednesday's journey um, to a customer site in that clip he does of course mean 10 pence per kilowatt hour not 10 pence per kilowatt with all of the companies mentioned above they will come in evaluate your site and recommend a solution for you Bear in mind that if this is something that is done now, it's best to over-specify your charges because adding two or three units to an employee car park of 200 cars will be woefully inadequate when 2030 comes and all the newly purchased cars coming on site will be electric. There are other questions to ask yourself as well. Do you want charging to be for employees only? Would you like to open up charging to the public after hours? Different installation companies will let you decide what priorities you'll implement. And what this means is that if you're a company wanting to put destination charging in your car parts, it's quite easy to allow those charge points to be used by members of the public over the weekend and get paid for it. Imagine being a company in, say, Swindon. If you check on the map, you'll see that the research councils have a number of car parks just north of the railway station. If they were fitted with fast chargers, giving 7 kilowatts, they could be open to the public over the weekend and shoppers in the town centre or visitors heading to London could use them, charge the cars and allow the research councils to earn a bit of money at the same time. Win-win. Or what about adding workplace charging to sites such as sports venues and opening them up to the public at a cost when the venue isn't being used? Imagine parking at St Mary's in Southampton or at the Etihad in Manchester or the Medeski Stadium in Reading and charging your car while you're doing something else. The key thing to remember about workplace charging is that done right, it can be a profit centre. You can set up the system so that employees can charge while at work and the cost of the charging is added to their credit card or an account automatically. You can then set up public charging on the same devices at a different tariff to enable non-employees to charge. If you want, you might have a small number of charges in the visitor car park which are free to use for a couple of hours during the week. That way, people coming to meetings or to do business with you don't need to worry about apps and payment. On the weekend, this can then be switched to paid so that members of the public can use it at a cost. With the planned ban on the sale of new EVs in the UK from 2030, it can only be seen as an investment to allow workplace charging if you have off-road parking at your company. The other aspect of workplace charging is if you run a fleet of vehicles such as a delivery company and you need the ability to charge your cars overnight. Typical examples of this are, for example, the post office, who will eventually go electric for their vans and will need them fully charged every morning when the post is going to, to go deliver. The big user here will be electric buses, set routes, large fleets, overnight charging. Delivery companies like DPD and Amazon will all be electric at some point. Indeed, many DPD local vans are already electric. Their vans will end up at a depot overnight and will need charging up to ensure they can cover the mileage needed the following day. For the moment, we'll gloss over the fact that current electric vans might not have the range for a particularly long route and we'll move swiftly on to say that uh, many routes are fairly consistent on a day-to-day -day basis and will result in a reasonable understanding of the maximum range needed to cover that route. This is particularly relevant in some of the inner cities such as London and Manchester where deliveries might go to many many drops in a run but they're fairly close together and the vehicle is travelling at much slower speeds than in some more rural areas. This means that actual distance travelled and therefore range used will be significantly lower. You may know that in a previous life, I drove a delivery van for a well-known grocery chain. A typical day would see me cover anything from 90 to 150 miles in a shift, and the van would then go on to do something similar in the following shift. Uh, there was precious little time to charge up at the depot, and no van at the moment can cover 300 plus miles, often with 400 kilograms in the back, 
without a charge. But this was an anomaly of the location I was working from. The area we were supposed to cover was huge. In a typical six hour shift, I might only do 14 or 15 drops. There's more time spent getting between drops than actually doing the deliveries. For stores in big cities such as London, the travel distance between drops would be much more compact. I don't have precise figures for this, but I would imagine a London-based grocery delivery would do 15 to 20 deliveries, but only cover about, I don't know, 30, maybe 40 miles. Double that for a two-shift operation, and you're looking at fewer than 100 miles per day, well within the reach of an electric van, even if fully loaded. The key to making this work is to ensure you have an appropriate system for charging your fleet overnight. Of course, this is easier said than done. With, say, 50 vehicles all needing charging of batteries that are about, let's say, 60 kilowatt hours, this can be done more or less overnight using 7 kilowatt chargers in a depot. Install rows of chargers and hook each vehicle up to them when it finishes its shift, leaving it to charge all night. But for, say, a 1,000 BYD buses at a depot in Shenzhen, these buses have 250 kilowatt hour batteries and 150 kilowatt chargers on site, so the chargers have to be scheduled to ensure that all the buses get the right amount of charge overnight. And remember, most charging is done overnight because that's when the electricity is cheapest. So having a rack of 7 kilowatt chargers isn't going to cut it in that instance. Even 22 kilowatt chargers would struggle to fill the batteries in 8 hours, even if the onboard chargers could accommodate that rate. Some companies have put together software which will enable this sort of scheduling. It understands which vehicle need the charge first due to state of charge or proposed departure time, and it allocates appropriate parking places to them so they can charge first. Then it will schedule in the rest of the vehicles as required. Another aspect of workplace charging is that where charging networks are used to charge the vehicles of fleets on the road. There are several CPOs which allow this to happen. BP Pulse have a subscription offering which provides a monthly bill for each car showing charges and the subscription amount, for example. When he was on the podcast, Tom Callow from BP Pulse reminded us of people who use this service and charge upwards of 50,000 miles electric driving per year with them. But our good friends and podcast sponsors ZapMap have recently announced a link up with All Star Business Solutions Limited, one of the UK's leading fuel and electric vehicle charging companies, to provide a seamless payment solution for fleets with EVs. This means you can run a huge number of vehicles in a fleet, let them use public charging as they wish, then have the billing sorted out automatically, which gives you one way to reduce the admin burden on fleets. And what this shows is that while workplace charging is something companies are starting to wake up to now, the need is actually quite high. More so when you think that with the right setup, the whole operation can be used as a profit centre for the right company. At the moment, the only companies that make money from their employees charging at work are petrol companies. For everybody else, it's a cost. Workplace charging can change that. It's time for a cool EV or renewable thing to share with your listeners. There's been a lot of discussion and concern in both mainstream and social media about the mining of the minerals used in batteries in the manufacture of electric cars. While a lot of that is one-sided and biased against EVs, cobalt, for example, has a major use in the refining of petrol, but that's rarely mentioned when people deride the use of cobalt in EV batteries. There is some legitimate concern about where a lot of the minerals are coming from for EV manufacturing. Which brings us to the concept of agro-mining. Humans have, for many, many years, eaten plants to get minerals. I mean, how many times have you been told that spinach is good for you because it builds up your iron? Well, agro-farming also known as phytomining, is simply growing plants that can store metals such as zinc and then later harvesting them. Interestingly enough, nickel, not steel, has the highest CO2 emissions intensity, so anything that can be done to reduce the carbon footprint associated with mining for nickel can only help. Phytomining is the process of growing these plants, harvesting the leaves, drying them, and incinerating them to produce an ash 
that's rich in the mineral in question. For nickel, it's estimated that as much as 4% of the ash is nickel. Of course, the problem then is, you're burning stuff! Well, that's an unfortunate issue with this method of mining. However, tests have discovered that the overall agro-mining process uses significantly less energy than conventional mining procedures. It's a, is a little more smoke in the world worth having a lot less carbon? It's a difficult trade-off, granted, but one that we should consider. The EV Musings podcast is sponsored by ZapMap. ZapMap is the go-to app for EV drivers in the UK. Use it to search for available chargers, plan electric journeys, pay for charging on participating networks, and share updates with other EV drivers. ZapMap is free to download and use, with subscription plans for enhanced features such as using ZapMap in car, on CarPlay, or Android Auto. And that's the show for today. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. If you want to contact me, I can be emailed at evmusings at gmail.com, and I'm also on Twitter at MusingsEV. If you want to support the podcast and newsletter, and why wouldn't you? please consider contributing to becoming an EV Musings patron. The link is in the show notes. Don't want to sign up for something on a monthly basis? Well, if you enjoyed this episode, why not buy me a coffee? Go to coffee.com slash evmusings. That's ko-fi.com slash evmusings. And you can do just that. And you can use the good old Apple Pay as well. If you want a quick reference ebook to read on your Kindle, I wrote a little something called So You've Gone Electric. It's available on Amazon Worldwide for the measly sum of 99p or equivalent and is a great little introduction to living with an electric car. Please check it out. I've just seen the stats and quite a few of you have indeed just done that. So thank you very much. Links for everything we've talked about in the podcast today are in the description. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. It's available on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a review as it helps raise visibility and extend our reach in search engines. If you've reached this part of the podcast and are still listening, thank you. Why not let me know you've got to this point by tweeting me at MusingsEV with the words Fleet? Fleet. Hashtag, if you know you know. Nothing else. Thanks as always to my co-founder Simon. You know, with the improving self-driving functionality many cars are getting nowadays, the possibility of going anywhere you like and getting your car to drive you there appealed a lot to him. I asked him which journey he'd take if he could get the car to do all the driving. His answer surprised me. I suppose a regular journey that I do to my office and back. Thanks for listening. Bye.